I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out with your card out. of the show. I'm Jason Ariola, and this is Rock Out With Your Card Out. It's been quite a while since I've had a, let's say, musician guest. I had a guest on just a few episodes ago, and that was my daughter. And I guess technically she's a musician, because she plays violin. But um, I'm talking about somebody who actually uh, makes music and publishes it, not just somebody who practices an instrument. Uh, this episode, I, my guest is Trevor Wentz. Hey, Trevor, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good. And did I say your last name correctly? That's correct. Perfect. Okay. I, um, you've seen my last name. It has been slaughtered my entire life. So I'm, I tend to be a little bit more wary about pronouncing names correctly because I'm just like, I am so sick of this. I've just given up all hope <laughs> of my name ever being pronounced correctly. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Well, we started talking uh, a couple of weeks ago about getting you on the podcast because you put out a new album, um, and it's called What? Chiptune is Evolving? And I really dug the hell out of it. I had a bunch of your stuff wishlisted on Bandcamp, and I just never got around to buying it. So um, I bought a couple more of your albums that, like, just a cursory kind of listen really, like, caught my ear. And chatting back and forth, I well, we, I was like, oh, wait, I never actually bought the rest of your stuff. So I went back and bought your whole catalog. And I haven't listened to all of it yet because I just did that last night. And, you know, I'm only one man. I can only listen to one thing at a time. <laughs> but from what I have heard, man, you have some really great stuff going on here. And... I, I I don't have a huge audience, you know, maybe like a couple thousand at most, but I was like, you know, this is this is music I got to like get out there. Like I feel like this is somebody whose music I want to talk to, like talk about and maybe get more people to check out, you know? Oh, I really appreciate it. I was I was surprised because this is the first year or first release that I actually had any purchases on Bandcamp at all. Oh, really? Even though that's my 12th album that I've kind of released into the wild, it's it's very difficult. I have a hard time marketing just because I'm working full time and just getting stuff out there. So it's it's been a long process. Yeah. And the algorithm for Bandcamp can be a little rough, too, man. Like, I, I don't even know how I stumbled across one of your albums. I think maybe it was just like uh, I think it was the cover of was it Choose Your Weapon, where it was like the Game Boy in the snow with the guns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's my Game Boy on that oh, album cover, cool. and that's my gun too. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So I just I, I was trying to do a lot of my covers. If you see any sort of picture, that's usually my stuff. Um, if you see D-pad Destruction, that actual uh, Bit Boy was given to me by I don't know if you heard the YouTube channel Low Spec Gamer. Mm-mm. So the guy who produces that channel, Alex, he has like a a site you can go to and request items that are he's and he's used in his episodes and i asked him i said hey i'm interested in this for my upcoming album 
and I want to destroy it, but I'm going to take a picture of it after I like mess it up really bad and kind of hit it with a hammer a few times. And <laughs> he's in the album has 16 tracks on it because it took a really long time to ship. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to just keep writing and like, adding <laughs> to the album and I'm not going to just stop because it doesn't make sense to just stop, even though I've got a few ideas floating around. I, I love that story. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like, well, I'm still waiting for this thing to come. I guess I'll just keep writing for it until, uh, yeah. until I get the damn thing. And the, and the whole concept for a lot of the albums is sometimes I'll conceptualize like a game that I want to write for mm-hmm. because it's really, really difficult to just, I don't want to bother devs because they're usually busy with their own project and they don't want to deal with somebody they don't really know or they've never heard of constantly asking them, Hey, do you need music? Do you need music? And it just, it just gets irritating for them. And I know that because I've talked to a bunch of people that <laughs> about that. So I just figured I'd just keep throwing stuff together and, and conceptualize an album instead of waiting for the opportunity to create music for a specific project. Right. And that's something that has always like fascinated me is, you know, you see a lot of that on Kickstarter these days where a lot of people like, hey, with music from like Hiroki Kakuta or, you know, Nobuo, or Nobuo Uematsu. And you're like, how the hell did this little tiny team get them? And then you're like, oh, they're using like them for one track and then the rest of it is all some other composer, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll happen. It's used for a lot of marketing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the old bait and switch there. It's like, oh yeah, hey, and then this guy you've never heard of before did the rest of the music. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I've rarely been like, oh, like feels like you know I've been bamboozled when I got it, but it's just like, wait, wait, Kuroki Kakuta only did like one track on the. Oh, oh, I see, I see what they did there. They just did that to get the hook in me and then get me to buy the yeah. damn thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's just how it kind of goes. Well, yeah, I, I don't know how that process goes as far as, like, approaching people. Um, I had somebody on my old podcast that we have since retired who worked with a group of people who, um, like, ended up developing a game, and, like, they were friends before, so that's how he ended up composing the music for it. But just to, like, find somebody out in the wild who does chiptune or just, you know, video game sounding music in general, and then, like, hey, why don't you do this? Like, oh, I don't know how that really works. Well, in my experience, it's been social media contact, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Um, I've got one project that I'm working on currently called Corpses and Souls. That one is still like in alpha stages, but the guy, his name's Kai, uh, that's working on he's solo developing the entire thing except for the music. So he reached out to me, I think, a few years ago, and he's still working on the project, but we communicate via email all the time now after he reached out to me on Twitter out of the blue. And mm. so we're still in contact. Another person for, there's another project I'm working on. It's a, a visual novel called the wind at dawn. And they heard one of my free to use tracks somewhere in some visual novel somewhere else, which I can't even remember the name of it. And I, I'm a contributor on OpenGameArt.org. Okay. So some of my stuff there, if you look for my name on OpenGameArt.org, you'll see a bunch of free stuff that game devs can use. They don't even have to ask permission. So it's a frictionless transaction. Oh. They just have to credit me by name and say what license they use the track under. That's really interesting. I, I'm trying to think. I think um, the person... Uh, she composed the theme song for my old podcast that we have since re sort of jiggered the purpose of that track to my games and junk game club, Josie Breckner, uh, Weisiger, Weisiger, I forget how you say that, the, mm-hmm. the, the stage name, but she, um, 
I think that's how she kind of got started. She had a bunch of stuff on Bandcamp that was, and I think that that thing you mentioned or something similar to it. And the people that developed Blossom Tales like reached out to her, were like, "Hey, we like your stuff, and would you mind composing for us?" And I think that was sort of her start on getting music together. And I kind of reached out to her um, to interview her about, or actually, I think I'd reached out just like, "Hey, your stuff was really cool here, and I like this track in um, particular because of the mood it set." Yada yada yada. And we became friends and then ended up like maybe a few months later, I was like, hey, you know what? I would like a theme song for my podcast. Finally, like I was just yeah. using other people's, um, or, you know, other video game music that I was just like, oh, this will work for this episode. But as time went on, I was like, you know, we should probably have something official. And then after we retired that one, I was like, you know, that we're starting the game club back up. It's like I should have something that I've already paid for. So why don't I just use this and slide it over to this podcast that's, uh, you know, effectively under the same umbrella. Yeah, for sure. It's like that function over fashion wouldn't wouldn't make sense to just every time get a new song if you have the rights to use one that you already have in your back pocket. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay, so let's go ahead and I I, I don't want to say we got off track because I don't think we really have a set track or anything here. But let's talk about like how you got into music, like what instruments you play, and then we can kind of talk about like video game music maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I started playing music. Back in sixth grade, actually, for the school that I went to, they would basically have kind of like a little interview with you about what instruments you could potentially play as a student. Um, and I was playing the trumpet back in those days, so I, or at least that's how I started playing the trumpet. Uh, you mm-hmm. play through like some of the little mouthpieces and stuff. They let you kind of try to see which one would actually work for you physically. Okay. That you could actually physically hold, whether it be a trumpet, a trombone, a flute. So I, I learned how to play the trumpet sixth grade. I played all the way through high school. I joined jazz band in high school. So I was in marching band and jazz band. Oh, wow. So I, I can read music. I just don't really view music that way. So I, I don't ever write my music in actual score form. There was a time that I did. That was like middle school. I had like the cheapest, terrible software. Mm-hmm. So I would play around with that. But I think it was in like late middle school, early high school. A friend of mine, he was telling me about this program called FL Studio. And he had a demo of it. And this is maybe age me a little bit. He brought a CD. He burnt me the demo. <laughs> And he gave it to me. I think his name was Corey. And he just gave me that disc. And he's like, yeah, yeah, go check that out. So I took it home, played around with it for a a little while. I didn't really understand anything about it. I've never used a DAW before that point. So I was just kind of lost, like trying to make one pattern at a time because I didn't even know how to line the patterns up to play in a sequence. Oh, geez. (laughs) I I was kind of playing around with the drop down piano. But I also know how to play piano. I'm just a very mediocre piano player. So a lot of the instruments I play, I'm kind of a mediocre player at most of them, uh, except for bass. I play bass. I learned how to play guitar in high school. Mm -hmm. But I was in a band full time for a couple years after high school. So I was playing bass for that band. It was uh, like kind of a heavier hardcore style band. Okay. I think you're the the second person I've talked to who like really didn't have that sort of uh, or like composes their music like not by like writing it down or whatever they uh kemi uh kemi seal actually does the same thing i think she still does that because she'll play in um lsdj like the game boy uh like tracker basically and kind of does stuff that way just like oh this sounds good this way oh this works this way like oh ooh, ooh, that didn't sound good that way let me do that yeah some of it's that like i understand some of the chord theory like i've studied some classical th- chord theory and stuff mm-hmm. like that but uh, I, when I write music, I think of it in piano roll, like the actual drop down menu and the blocks that you write to okay. line them up. I think of music that way, like visually in my head. 
So at this point, after so many years of using that software. Just kind of uh, your weapon of choice of sorts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I um, I played piano when I was like in kindergarten, or I think I started when I was like in preschool or kindergarten, and I fell off of it, I think when I was like in second or third grade, and I have not picked it up since. Um, a girl I dated... God, when I, was, I think it was the girl I dated before I started dating my wife. Um, she played piano pretty well. And we were at Best Buy one time, and she was playing something on the keyboard. And she was like, here, you should try playing this. And I'm like, I, I don't even know how to read music anymore. Like it, Right. It, it's, it's a skill that is just gone. <laughs> yeah, that kind of skill, too, it will it will deteriorate over time, at least in my experience. Uh, I, I looked at uh, – I think it was in one of the uh, – I do tech support for schools. So I was in a, a school building band room. And I was looking at somebody had left the return to Xanarkin sheet music on the piano. And I'm like playing the, the first bar. And I'm like, OK, that's about as far as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the first basic like notes. And I'm like, OK, I can do that. But when it comes to differentiating between like bass clef and treble clef, I just like, oh, I, I hate the transposing and having to refigure out where the notes are in orientation to each other. Oh, God. I, I don't even know if I could like make heads or tails of anything anymore if i looked at it i i was in choir in high school and uh, <clears throat> i lettered in it too sorry ladies i'm uh, i'm taken um <laughs> yeah i know just a hot number here but um i like all of that stuff is just gone because i have been out of high school now since 99 and i just have not utilized that at all i listen to a lot of music which you know, really does like no good at all when it, when, you know, you're trying to like compose stuff or something. It's just like, Oh, I listen to a lot of stuff. I just, I feel like I have a decent ear for stuff, but I just don't have that technical set of being able to do anything with it. So it's just sort of like, Oh, here I can sort of pull apart music and tell you why I like it and why I think it works or does not work. But beyond that, I can't get like technical. So I guess I'll just tell you up front here, uh, go ahead and dumb everything down as much as possible. Just talk to me like I'm a second grader. Cause I'm, you might just be talking to a second grader musically. <laughs> hey, that's our, I wasn't, I was I'm trying to think like the best way to explain it. Cause it's, it's really hard to talk to people about music theory in general. Even when I was in a band full time, uh, we'd see people open, we'd open for bands and we'd talk to them after the shows and the guitarist in the band I was in, we were the only two people like out of the hundreds of shows we played. Like we only met probably about like five per 5%, maybe 6% of the people we were talked to after the shows actually knew how to do chord theory or read cheap music or anything like that it's oh, wow. very bizarre but they were all writing original tracks hmm you know and i i don't want to say it's kind of gatekeepy but i've heard some people like kind of like oh you need to know this stuff to get good about it or whatever but and like i said that just feels real gatekeepy to me and i i like i said i talking to you now too i'm like you're really good at this stuff and so's kemi and you guys don't really know that much about theory at all so it's like okay clearly they're there might be something that helps you, but I don't think it can keep you from being good if you don't know that stuff. Absolutely. Like, that's the truth. I mean, if you have a passion for something like this, it's like you just push at it and keep playing around with it. I mean, it's all play. You're you're playing with it. So any artist is playing with something. So like a visual artist plays with the colors and the pixels they're drawing and whatever medium they're using. Mm. So it's, it's not like you have to know every single theory or every progression the way it exactly will sound it's just a game really
Yeah. Now, kind of getting onto video game music, what made you kind of get into stuff that is effectively like chiptune? And you, know, you do definitely do some stuff that's a little bit more like FM synth sounding, um, you know, or driven basically. What kind of got you to that medium of like, hey, hey you know, this is, I kind of want to do this stuff now. Uh, it was a slow process, but I was really heavily influenced as a kid playing Pokemon Red. Um, I still have my original uh, DG1, the original Game Boy Brick, the, oh, the gray one. I still have that. <laughs> I don't have any carts for it, unfortunately. But I played Pokemon Red so many times. It's just insane. I think I was in like fifth or sixth grade when I actually had Pokemon Red. Mm. So, And I would play that a ton. And I, I feel like I can attribute my reading skill, just like regular reading text, to that game because like, <laughs> I wanted to be better at reading. So I'm like constantly reading and just like reading, reading, reading. Cause all the dialogue in those games is you have to read it. Yeah. So I felt like I was reading more in that game than actual books at that <laughs> point. But I, I play that game so many times. I played a lot of, uh, uh, Super Mario land. I believe it is for the game boy. Oh yeah. Like the, like one, of the, one of the launch titles. Yeah, I played yeah. that a lot, and I always loved Pokemon music. Just every every scene and everything has its very specific themes, and I always loved that about those kind of games because just the difference in style for this, like the limited soundscape that exists for those is mm-hmm. so great. But I, I was also influenced heavily by my brother. He actually owned a Sega Nomad, which is like the oh. portable version of the Genesis. <laughs> so that was our Sega Genesis. We, nice. we had it when that was actually going out. Like in the, I think it was the Sega Saturn was being first released. So my brother got that on sale. So we'd play that like crazy. So the, a lot of the FM stuff comes from that uh, influence. Mm. And uh, my biggest like synthetic sounding uh, music influence is probably alexander brandon who is the composer for like the unreal tournament early games and uh the first deus ex game that is some of my favorite stuff of all time oh cool cool uh by chance because you made an album called cyberpunk genesis did you actually ever listen to the uh, shadow run soundtrack that was on the genesis i probably listened to a little bit of it because the i use actual a virtual instrument mm-hmm. to play that and it comes with presets for specific games so during like when i was producing that album i was actually looking through like the top 10 playlists of sega genesis games and you could use the name of the game to use the instruments for those specific games so it had presets built on the game titles not just just some random presets so i probably heard it a couple times i'm sure but i'm really i'm in terms of remembering i honestly don't remember don't feel bad um i <laughs> literally have hundreds of video game soundtracks and i we talked about this you know when we were messaging each other that like i have nearly double dipped a few times doing stuff because i'm like oh oh this sounds good i go to like itunes or um bandcamp to go buy it. I'm like oh i already bought this okay, <laughs> good job jason <laughs> right sure. And it's getting to the point on this podcast now, you know, 70-something episodes in, that I'm like, you know, I should do it. And I look, I'm like, I already did that. Damn it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's like, I already covered that ground. Yep, yep, yep. Can't do that. It's like, okay. And I, I'm a big, um, I would say, proponent of doing, like, weirdo video game music sometimes because I feel like I don't have anything to contribute to, you know, 
talking about Secret of Mana or Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross or um, any Final Fantasy thing, because that gets done to death on a bunch of other uh, video game music podcasts by people who know music theory or actual musicians and can talk about it like intelligently, where I'm just like, I like this because it makes a bloop here and bleep there. I like it. (laughs) That's how I feel like I talk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And... You know, like, so I go for, like, weirdo stuff, like Illuminating Laser on the X68000 that I just discovered, like, a couple months ago. And I was like, you know what? I have got to put this soundtrack on my podcast because I don't think anybody's ever heard of this goddamn game. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah, you gotta, like, especially with podcasts and any video and audio content, it's it's super hyper-competitive, just like the composing market. Like, if you want to be producing anything of creative value... It's just so hyper competitive because everyone can see everything online, really, if if they're searching for that niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, the things I go for are things that like I feel like people aren't necessarily like shooting for. I mean, Fal- I don't know if you're familiar with Falcom Sound Team at all. Not really. Okay, they're my sort of my. There's this like rotating group of composers that have been on or been with Falcom for the 40 years that companies existed, but they're just consistently like my favorite music because there's a house style that they all sort of share, even if as the composers go through, you can start hearing the composers, like individual styles kind of blended in, in tracks, like the latest ease game, I think had like four or five different composers and you can sort of hear like, Oh, here's Unisuga. Like that. These are Unisuga tracks. I can totally tell those, the voice of the artist just kind of comes through just a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And some of my favorite stuff from ease eight, uh, are composed by the same guy who like, when I hear something on ease nine, I'm like, Oh, that's Unisuga again. Okay. And it wasn't until pretty recently that I started putting that together that I'm like, oh, okay, this guy wrote or this guy wrote this track and he wrote this one. And it's like, oh, okay, he's got a definite like voice that I, I enjoy listening to because nearly every time that one of those comes up, I'm like, oh, okay, I like this one. And like, oh, Unisuga did that one. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You get those uh, specific tracks or artists that just one thing it's really difficult for me is just trying to find a voice like getting that like thing down because if you're trying to explore new territory you're trying to discard some of those things that you've Mm -hmm. already established so it's like each album it's like or each new track you're working on you're trying to explore new territory but your experience previously with what worked is also kind of a building block so you don't want to discard the whole thing yeah because you develop a fan base based on that and then you throw it away you're like oh i don't like this this new stuff here (laughs) (laughs) right right yeah and that's that's something like I really feel has got to be really hard to do because I mean, I finally found my voice. I feel like for this podcast in particular, after I lost my co-host, like 40 something episodes back of like, I, I struggled because I went from really picking apart stuff. Cause he knew music really well and I could bounce off of him and he could sort of explain to me what was working there to, okay, well I'm trying to do this on my own now and I'm trying to talk about it in a more, I don't want to say mechanical way with, and that's a skill set I just don't have to like, I'm comfortable just like, okay, here, we'll talk a minute or two, maybe 30 seconds about each track in between. I'm like, why I like it, why I think this works. And then we'll just move on to the next one. I don't need to sit there and pull it apart anymore because that's just not who I am. And I feel like when I was doing that, I was just sort of like, oh, I'm being a fraud here. Like, this is not what I'm doing. I, I just felt like an imposter, basically. So <laughs> got the imposter syndrome, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right, enough about me and my podcast. My listeners have, you know, hear my voice enough about this crap. They don't need to hear it on, on this episode too. So, um, so the, so the Genesis, you got into the nomad thing. Was there anything in particular, like Genesis wise that you remember, like soundtracks wise or soundtrack wise that you were like, Oh man, this is, this is really, really good. This really caught my attention. 
soundtrack it was funny because i didn't really play a ton of games on the nomad because it wasn't really mine Mm -hmm. um i just remember the sounds themselves just any of the games i would play i I really liked just that that fm synth chip that was in i think it was like a yamaha something chip that was it's a it's a Yamaha, blah blah blah. Um, oh, don't feel bad. I I don't know these things either. There are people the I know that rattles. Well, I think I actually looked this up earlier because I was like, because the, there's a virtual instrument that I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by AllieJamesLab.com, I guess is the website, and that's the one that I use to do um, Cyberpunk Genesis. It's actually like perfect emulation of that chip that's in the Genesis. Oh, so wow. that's what that's why I bought it. it was actually pretty cheap. So I was like, oh, this cool. is a, that's one thing that's great about any of these kind of things that I work on. A lot of the plugins compared to any sort of realistic sounds are a lot less expensive. That's cool. And that's like I said, that's that's the thing. I Maybe I dig about video game music, too, in particular, especially like older chiptune stuff and people composing new stuff in that format is just how creative you have to be with the limited you know, tool set you sort of have available to you. And I, I'm sure, you know, the Genesis gets accused of being too farty sounding a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of soundtracks that I've gone through. Like I've, I've listened to a couple things that I'm like, okay, let's see if this will work out for the show. And I'm like, oh geez, nope, nope, nope. This literally just sounds mm-hmm. like this Genesis is farting into the microphone and I cannot do this. <laughs> but then there's stuff like midnight resistance and it, it's an, a port of an arcade ver- or arcade game. And the Genesis version is far superior to the arcade version as far as sound goes. It is just an amazing soundtrack. And it's one I did like real early on. I think it was like maybe in the teens as far as the episodes go. Like that was one that I was like, I got to get this out here. Like this is like one of my favorite Genesis soundtracks. And I felt like I was trying to be a um, sort of a fan for the Genesis of like, you know, not everything sounds like fart noises coming out of the Genesis. There are some really solid things (laughs) coming out of the sound or out of this sound chip. If you get somebody who properly utilizes the thing. Yeah, I mean, if I had to choose a single track or a single game that inspired me most for Sega Genesis, it would or the Nomad that I was playing on, it would just definitely be Sonic the Hedgehog. Nice. I mean, that's that sound. The soundtrack for that game is just brilliant. Yeah, and it almost sounds like nothing else on the Genesis. Yeah, it, it does. It delves into just some weird sounds that I don't think I've ever heard another game like produce. It's really, really a creative. My hats off to to that team to for getting that together because it's just like, you know, if, if one of my co-hosts on one of my other or two of my other podcasts, like he hates Sonic games, and but <laughs> I'm very much like, you know, I, I I like Sonic games enough. I'm not like a huge fan or anything, but like the music in Sonic games tends to be pretty good, especially like the Genesis stuff. I mean, you talk start talking about you know Sonic Two, it's like oh man, like that is just amazing music in that one. Oh yeah, for sure.
moving forward here. But how long ago did you start like producing these albums? Uh, I think I actually was producing in 2015 is when I kind of like started. Okay. Uh, doing i think my first album was released in 2016 it's called convergence which it's all kind of like hybrid which i like hybrid just because it gives you like a little bit more leeway with the sounds like don't get me wrong i like i like some of the limitations but i also like to add different layers that couldn't exist otherwise right so like with that album which i look back on i'm like oh the mix sounds awful there's <laughs> a lot of like empty dead air or repeat repeating sections or i'm like oh, there's the production value isn't that good but it was always a stepping stone to just keep making more stuff yeah and i think that's always the biggest hurdle is you know just just taking that first step of like okay let's put this out there i mean you know again because i don't do anything creative outside of podcasts like you know, my first episode, it was very much like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, what am I going to do with this thing? Oh, God, I'm talking to myself here. Because the first episode I did was by myself, and then I got my co-host on the second one. But the first one, it was just very much like, oh, I was so nervous. Like, I was like, okay, I, I don't know if people are actually going to listen to this. Why would anybody listen to this thing? Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm just playing video games. It's like, I might as well just make a YouTube playlist, for God's sakes. I'm like, no, 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 don't talk yourself out of this, Jason. Let's do this. Come on, <laughs> right, man. <laughs> right. You gotta, gotta push yourself to just, like, produce something, especially if you have, a, like, a voice inside you that just has something to say. And that's what I feel like whenever I'm creating something, it's like I've got something either to say or just a concept that I want to explore. And it feels like a lot of your albums, they, man, I'm trying to think how to put this. They, they sort of delve into different like concepts for each album. Like they all sound a little bit different from each other. The one in particular that I feel like sounds completely different from everything else is Chiptune Racer. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is that very one. much, that is just very much like, you know, Game Boy, like kick-ass, like real, like peppy stuff. And I'm like, it's, I don't want to say it almost doesn't sound like your style in a sense, but like you listen to that and then listen to the rest of your catalog and you're like, okay, Trevor was going for something completely different here. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of the stuff it's like, uh, a lot of the stuff I do have been doing, especially recently is I, I have a lot of cyberpunk influences, especially from like Deus Ex. Mm -hmm. So with the chiptune racer, I was trying to specifically i conceptualized an 8-bit game the racing game and i was like how could i make an entire soundtrack for a a game like that and just kind of stick pretty heavily into the limitations but just do a little bit outside of that and i tried to stick a little bit closer to those limitations and make sure that it was very much a racing game style and I got to say, I think you nailed that. I've got a few tracks on there that we'll talk about a little bit later that in particular, like really caught my ear. And the more I listen to that album, just like it almost tells a story from start to finish. It is really cool. Like I can really picture myself playing something on a Game Boy or playing this like on a Game Boy or maybe even an NES because you know, the sound chips are fairly similar. Not completely, but fairly. Yeah, they, they really are. And I don't really limit myself to one of those consoles. Mm -hmm. uh, if you listen to any of my tracks, I mean, it would be kind of difficult to to find the difference between the the NES and the Game Boy uh, ones I'm using because I'm kind of using similar waveforms for <laughs> for each one so they sound very similar you'd have to be really really like have the ear specifically for that to make that distinction yeah and I mean you know the that was sort of Nintendo's thing for a long time was using sort of off-the-shelf parts for stuff and the NES sound chip I think did something like that but like Hip Tanaka was one of the people that de helped develop the uh, the sound driver and everything for for the Game Boy and the and the chip itself and you know made sure the Game Boy had its stereo sound which I think really helped keep it in line with the NES like it was way more advanced than it probably should have been for you know the Game Boy which was this gigantic brick of a system with a pea green uh, screen 
And then you've got this like really kick-ass little sound chip in there that, you know, the little tiny speaker in the corner of the Game Boy, you might not really notice, but if you plug it in mm-hmm. with like, you know, the earbuds that it came with, you really get a sense of like, wow, there's some really good stuff on here and it sounds amazing. And it's really, I don't want to say surprising at times what they managed to pull with the Game Boy, but how similar they were able to get it to like a lot of the NES quality music. Yeah, I mean, when it's like when you listen to most NES games in general, some of the soundtracks on some of the uh, lesser known titles, some of them just are kind of bland, I would say. But a lot of the first yeah. party titles just shine through with what the capabilities of the system are. Yeah, I mean, you get you get something that's eh, I won't name any names or you know go any go after any games in particular. But sometimes it feels like uh, you know that little video of like you have a cat and you're holding its legs its front legs and just mashing on a keyboard. Basically sometimes (laughs) you're like, Oh, this doesn't sound terrible. I guess it's not, you know, completely discordant, but you know, this is certainly not something I've got to listen to on my own Versus You get somebody like Tim Fallon, who um, is just a master with the NES and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, how did he do this? Oh my God. Yeah. And that's um, sort of one of the things I love about Chibi tech who, you know, did my theme song. And we were talking a little bit off the air. Like she composes all her stuff with famine tracker. And I, like some of the stuff you hear her pull off is like, how in the hell is this just the NES that you're doing this with? It makes no damn sense that you can do this. Oh yeah. I mean, there are so many talented artists. That I, I can't do the trackers. Like I've tried a few of them and I just, I don't see music that way. So it's mm-hmm. really hard for me to like transition stuff that I think of in my head to that medium. So I, I'm always back to I push myself back to the piano roll. I'm like, I have to just go back to my FL studio. <laughs> hey, whatever works for you, man. I mean, it's really what it boils down to is if you can compose good music, I don't think it really matters how you get there. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hope, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> and like I said, you know, we, we probably wouldn't be talking if I didn't really enjoy your stuff. So <laughs> oh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. OK, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your newer album. And that's what Chiptune is evolving. And I like you mentioned there before the Pokemon thing. That is that seems to be a pretty big through line in every musician I've talked to. I'm guessing you're probably like in your late twenties. I'm early thirties. Early thirties. Okay, okay. So ballpark there. That seems to be the through line there because I like I said I was in high school when uh, Pokemon Red Blue and or Red and Blue came out. And you know, listeners who listened to the episode I had with Kemi on, they remember I went to a rather not great high school in a rather not great uh, part of town. And the bravest thing I ever did was bring my Game Boy Pocket to school with me and played, uh, you know, Pokemon Red and Blue in in that, and just not get stuffed in a locker every day. <laughs> that's that's a good way to do it. <laughs> best best use of your time, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, it got me where I am today doing podcasts <laughs> at home <laughs> right. in my in the corner of my bedroom. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that seems to be a pretty big through line is uh, Pokemon. My friend Megan Carnes, who did another theme song for one of my podcast or different podcasts. She like Pokemon is like one of her like earlier like video game music memories too, and so like I said, Pokemon seems to have influenced a lot of people as far as like getting them into video game music, which I think is kind of crazy when you boil right down to it. Yeah, I mean the it was so popular, especially when I was younger. Like everybody had the cards, everybody had the games, everybody was kind of just into it to the point where it was. It was probably, I mean, the only modern equivalent could be like Fortnite or something in terms of what its widespread adoption is. Mm -hmm. For what Chiptune is evolving, if you listen to the actual self-named track on that album, where there's like a voice that just says fire, that's actually a reference to Pokemon Red. So, (laughs) Ah, okay. Because that's the fire, I'd always choose fire type. 
<laughs> oh, so you time. went hard mode for yourself from right from oh, the get go, yeah. huh? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I love I love the fire. Like I always love Charmander. So oh yeah, I'd always, cool. I'd always get Charmander every time. It was it was without question. I mean, not to say I didn't do a few other playthroughs without starting like with the with Squirtle, of course. That's easy mode, but uh, <laughs> at the beginning anyway. Yeah. Um, but that is a huge influence on there. And if you look at the album art for what Chiptune is evolving, is that bottom section. I actually played an emulator of Pokemon Red and named my first starting Pokemon Chiptune. Oh. And scaled it up to full resolution so I could actually do that and then kind of barely edit the the bottom area of it. All right. So that it, is, the text would be identical. Okay. That is absolutely that is really clever. Like I looked at it and I'm like, man, that is that is an incredibly convincing Pokemon fonts. Like you did you did really good <laughs> and I was like and now that now that you've kind of you know pulled back the curtain on that, like, oh, okay, that's really cool how you manage that. Thanks. It was it was one of those things I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to get this character leveled up to sixteen, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> to play through the game again. Now, I've got to ask, what was the inspiration or idea behind you putting it, like, it looks like in a planter with a bunch of plants around it? Well, I, I didn't really have a great concept for that entire thing, really, okay. other than the fact that I wanted that to be the, the Pokemon text at the bottom. Um, I just thought that it would be a good reference just to the original Game Boy that I played the games on so much when I was a kid. Gotcha. Um, the, the potted plant itself is actually something my wife uh, painted. So I wanted to actually utilize something that she worked on, too, in it. Okay. Uh, and it's actually in front of a raspberry bush that I've been cultivating in my yard. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, you know what? Now that you say that, I'm looking at the album cover here. I do see – I think I see some raspberries in the background there. Yeah, it's very – I kind of used a filter to make it so it wasn't so clear because yeah. that Game Boy is in kind of rough shape. So I, I kind of wanted to blur it out just a little mm -hmm. to the point where you couldn't see every little detail. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think, like, the, like it can't really tell just by, like, looking at it. And then when you, like, pull up, you know, like, in my instance here, pull up the phone and, like, look at it really close. Like, oh, okay, I see there is it is kind of filtered and almost has, like, a weird, like, painterly kind of look to it. Yeah. <laughs> So. It, was, it was something I put it. I used GIMP because I'm poor. So <laughs> instead of Photoshop, I always default to GIMP to play around with image manipulation. Oh, I any, anything I do, I just find online tools. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. Oh, this is going to cost <laughs> me money. Peace out. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> Can't exactly. <do> this. <laughs> uh, my sort of, uh, we call her the web empress. Uh, she's the person who built the uh, my website and like everything on the back end of the site. Um, Vanessa, she used to have access to Photoshop, and then they started doing that thing where they charge like monthly, and it's like thirty dollars or forty dollars. Oh, and she noped out of that and was like, "Okay, well, I can't send her things anymore to Photoshop for me." So I'm like, "Well, I just sort of have to putz around with uh, the editors I find online for free and just uh, cross my fingers I can do this correctly." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I understand, man. That's. It's crazy how a lot of things have gone to that subscription model. Even uh, music software sometimes gets into that, and I oh. always nope out of that right away. It's Some people say, yeah, it's great because you can use it for a short time, but if you want to get to master a instrument library mm. and understand it, you're going to be using it for more than a year probably. I, I would imagine, yeah, and that's... I could see like definitely the appeal of like LSDJ. Um, I think Kimmy said like you can get it for like five dollars or something like that with the donation for it. I think it's technically free, yeah. but they just ask for a donation. It's like you know five dollars is a very low uh, you know barrier of entry. Yeah, especially for creative software. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like oh great, I can actually make like music here with just something that cost me five bucks. I can I can swim <laughs> in. I can not go to Starbucks for a day or something and just be fine. Exactly. All right, so Chiptune is evolving. Like, how long did, were you working on that album? 
Um, I want to say was around. So I got to look up. The, actually, so I was actually conceptualizing the album. It was November 11th of last year. So that's when uh, you said number 11 was released. So I released that album on 11 11. Oh. 11 tracks. And oh. It's my 11th album. <laughs> I tried to do that kind of just kind of a silly thing. I thought it would be kind of funny. But as soon as that album released, I was kind of conceptualizing what chiptune is evolving in my head what i wanted to do is do something that was kind of like a love letter to pokemon in a way Mm -hmm. and a reference to it slightly but i conceptualized the idea of if pokemon was in a more futuristic cyberpunk world and instead of using actual creatures to battle it was like uh, holograms or something so it would have like that distinct feel to it i I wanted to do something visually for the album art that would reflect that but I didn't really have a lot of money to spend on an artist to try to go through iterations of what would be perfect. So I kind of went for the uh, easy to take picture and the the basic Pokemon reference at the bottom. Hey, I, I think it worked out. It's very it's very eye catching. When I um, I think I, said, I think I was just following you on Bandcamp. Maybe and I hadn't bought any of your stuff yet because like I said I had a bunch of stuff wishlisted and I was like I'll get to this. My wishlist is like hundreds of albums of just like things of like I, I want to be able to get around to listening to this eventually and. Just have I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my purchasing history is also kind of scary. I think it's like 200 and something. It's absurd. <laughs> but anyway, um, the art like, caught my attention and the Pokemon font really got my attention. I was like, okay, I got to listen to this thing. And that's, I listened to it like maybe like halfway through it. And I was like, I'm, I'm just buying this thing. Like I, I like this enough that I'm purchasing this now. So, and that's when I was like, okay, I got to go start going back and listen to this guy's like back catalog because I've had it wishlisted for, you know, a year, two years, maybe at this point. I need to listen to some of his other stuff because I like this one quite a bit. I think the other one that really got my attention as far as just like eye catchy was the cyberpunk Genesis one. Oh yeah. <laughs> that Terminator <laughs> arm got me. I was like, okay. What's funny is I didn't even make that one and I didn't make the, um, chiptune racer one either. So the, the cyberpunk Genesis, that was actually the developer for the game. I'm going to be working on. I'm finishing. I'm actually starting working on, mm-hmm his game corpses and souls. So mm-hmm. he, we've been talking over like Twitter and emails for years. And I was telling him about like this concept I had for a cyberpunk Sega Genesis game. And I just wanted to create a soundtrack that would fit something like that. And so he just kind of threw something together and sent it my way. And I'm like, that's perfect. <laughs> we'll go ahead and use that. If that's cool with you. And he said, yeah, man, just go ahead and use it. Nice. So that was a freebie. <laughs> You know, those are the best sometimes. You're just like, ah, oh, I didn't have to spend a dime, and I got something really eye-catchy with it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that album definitely caught my attention, because I think I was going through, when I first saw that one, like a phase of going through a lot of Genesis music, trying to find stuff, and just seeing that, and then the ter- like the Terminator-looking arm. I mean, you kind of hit me on, like, the Terminator movies are, well, two of them anyway, are, like, my favorite movies ever. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, just, just getting that there was like, okay, well, th- you, you caught my attention with that at the very least, so... <laughs> Yeah, I try to do something like when I look at my library of uh, albums that I've released for the actual art, I try to keep them sort of distinct in terms of color. Like that's one of the main things I try to do is color colorization because mm-hmm. you'll see one of the album covers is purple. One of them's like mostly white. One of them's a little green. So I try, I try to like vary that. One of them's more purple. That's a Galactic Communion's really purple. So I try to like differentiate them that way and I'm going to be running out of like the color palette soon so I'm going to have to figure out something to differentiate the next one. <laughs> you know, you can always kind of loop back around. I think I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. By that time, 
number 13. I still haven't even started conceptualizing the next one. Uh, I know I'm going to be working on one. I just, I'm kind of waiting. <laughs> Till some inspiration hits of sorts, maybe. In a way, yeah. a lot of the times, like right after I release an album, it's, it's like a, a period where I kind of just take a break. I don't write anything. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not even listening to video game music. Uh, most of the time I don't. So a lot of the times I, I'm like a really huge heavy metal fan. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to bands like Chimera and Slipknot, like early Slipknot and Parkway Drive, just like some super heavy stuff. That's like my favorite kind of music because I love the guitar riffs and just the rhythms and the leads that they pull off. And that's another huge inspiration for me. So it's not just video game music that I'm like obsessed with. <laughs> yeah. That is something else you have in common with Kimmy. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, like my favorite artist outside of like, you know, non-video game music is like Richard Marks, you know, like something you hear in your dentist office, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I named my, my daughter after a Richard Marks song for God's sake. So I mean, I should tell you <laughs> like, like it, you know, it's very funny because, like, you know, I used to, like, again, the school I went to was very, like, you know, um, hip-hop kind of heavy, you know, like, hardcore, maybe gangster rap at the time, heavy. And, you know, I'm sitting here listening to, you know, the a guy with, like, really tight jeans and a tight t-shirt and leather jacket and a, you know, like, poofy mullet on uh, on his album cover basically I'm like, yep, this is my jam man i love this stuff <laughs> right well hey to each their own i mean that's like any of that kind of stuff everybody everybody talks about like the art being the eye but the beholder and it's so true in terms of like what resonates you not just at just that moment in time even like, that'll kind of get you through in a way yeah and i think the main reason i listen to that stuff is my mom listened to like a lot of soft rock and the radio and you know like back then it was just you kind of listen to like what was on the radio basically. And that was just like all of that stuff. I mean, like, you know, listening to like bread Genesis, um, you know, Jefferson starship. It's just all that stuff. Like really, really like hit home with me. But like my parents are into those guys, all that stuff. Yeah. I understand that. (laughs) It just really connected with me. And I mean, I eventually kind of branched out on my own. I used to listen to R and B quite a bit. Like boys to men is like one of my other favorites, but you know, it's still very much in that sort of adult contemporary of the like, you know, (laughs) late eighties, mid nineties sort of music style of sorts. One thing I do like about that, that whole like eighties, nineties, like transitionary period musically, like there's a lot of, like weird and unique sounding stuff back then. Like even, even some of the metal artists I was into, they were delving into territory that was like grabbing aspects from other genres that I don't see a lot of artists do nowadays. Yeah. And then there's that whole like new Jack swing era that was very short lived. And I really kind of dig a lot of it. It's like, I don't know if you're familiar with that music at all. Not at all. Not at all. It is like early kind of boys to men, um, new edition sort of stuff where it's it's kind of like really like percu- not percussion heavy, but there's like a lot of like really like kind of oh boy, I'm trying to think how to describe it again. This is not my uh, not my uh, forte here is describing music very well mm-hmm. in this sense, but it's a lot of like really like odd sounding percussion with a lot of like really kind of heavy like keyboard synth stuff. And it's really kind of crazy because it, it sounds almost like swing music if, like, really early synth R&B took a swing at it. I think it's the best <laughs> way I right. can describe it. Sweet. So if you've ever heard, like, um, oh, geez, what is it? Uh, Cooley High? Cooley Heart? Yeah, like, um, or Motown Philly or Cooley High Harmony, like, from Boys to Men. Like, that's kind of like New Jack Swing. I think it's some of the stuff you might know. Or even, like, early Keith Sweat. Again, probably just... Naming off names, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, like, I'm really, really bad at remembering artist names, mm-hmm. and I'm really horrible at remembering lyrics. 
like when I listen to music, I'm like deconstructing what rhythms they're playing and gotcha. trying to figure out like how they're interacting, like the drums and the bass and the guitar interacting. Like that's just how I, I listen to music and I'll be like humming a theme for a song and I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's the guitar part from this one song, but don't ask me any of the lyrics. Cause I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I really couldn't. With as many episodes of this podcast as I've done and as much video game music that I listen to, I am absolutely horrible with remembering composers and stuff. Like it is just like, <laughs> a li- like literally I did that with the last episode that I recorded with was the Aereo biz soundtrack. And, I could have scrolled up to the top of my notes to have seen the composer's name and it just was gone out of my brain. It was just like, Oh, Hey, I'm like, you know, half an hour into this episode. I'm like, I already forgot the dude's name. Jeez, Jason. Right. right. That's, it's understandable. It's like when you're, when you're interacting with that many people, it's really difficult to keep all that stuff straight. Like I worked for three different school districts at the same time. Oh, wow. So imagine just like trying to keep track of staffs, names and departments where they're at. It's just, it's borderline impossible. Like sometimes you'll remember, but there's no way. <laughs> it's a lot of, Hey, you, how's it going? It's like, yeah. How's it going? What's, what's your problem? Let me fix it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nope. Completely understand that. I do that a lot at work. Um, where uh, I was at the same store that I, or for the company I'm employed with for like 12 years. And then I just recently transferred to another store that's a lot closer to home. And a lot of it's just like, hey, you, how's it going? I don't know your name. Like, you know, and literally like two months after I started over there, the pandemic hit. And it was just me just there like 10, 12 hours a day, five days a week. And six days a week, sometimes I was just exhausted all the time. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? Like, I... I, everything hurts, okay? I don't want to talk to you. I just want to get this done and go home. So. Right, exactly.
Okay, so enough about me, because we sort of uh, <clears throat> blooped around to me again. I don't know how that happens, but I, I guess it's, I guess when you do like 40-something episodes or somewhere in that ballpark by yourself, talking to yourself, basically, you sort of like try to fill dead air by yourself, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right, so uh, let's, let's talk about a couple of the tracks from What Chiptune is Evolving. You had a few that you were particularly proud of, so, or one in particular that you were particularly proud of, and that was uh, the title track for that one. Fire thing, like you said, is a reference to your uh, choice of Charbander as your starter, your preferred starter for that, for that one, right? Yep. Okay, so one of the things I was listening to in that, it kind of sounds like you went for like almost like a shredding guitar sound a couple of times in there. Well, it's it's kind of like that, but at the same time, it's 
a lot of my leads are based on guitar leads of stuff that I'm really interested in. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm writing out leads, it's one of two things. It's either if there was a vocalist in the arrangement, what would they be singing above it? Like melodically. Uh And sometimes it's more of like a crazy guitar soloing kind of sound. So that one is a little bit more like the guitar soloing kind of sound. And okay, good. I, I, I hear a lot of stuff like that, and I'm like, "Am I crazy, or is that what they were going for?" Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm p- be it, like not just totally nuts, like picking that stuff up because it's just like I hear something like that sometimes. It's like, "Oh, that that total." I could totally picture somebody's voice in this section, or just somebody like really going for a shredding guitar, which is like 90 percent of Tim Fallon's music. It just sounds like a guy's just shredding a guitar constantly. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, but yeah, it's it's partially that and. Like when I arrange stuff, I'm thinking of it as it's my own personal band. Like I know I can control what the drummer is doing. I can control what the rhythm section is doing, control what the lead is doing. Any of the background stuff, I can always control that and where it's going. So a lot of it is that when melodies are playing, it's either what a vocalist would be singing throughout there or guitar. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. Now, as far as like my sort of picks here, um, I picked three of them out here that I really was in particular like latched onto. Uh, the first one was like Weekly Villain.
think that one's got like a, a good heavy kind of clean sound to it if that makes any kind of sense oh absolutely i i know the the bass in that one i tried to as best i could to clean that up because mm. a lot of my previous bass mixes were not exactly great so it's any album that's new it's like you're trying to just improve on those kind of things that's another one of my favorites on that album to be honest it's uh that one's more of a reference to the Pokemon show <laughs> just because mm. there's always like some obstacle or villain and then more like team rocket kind of, yeah. if there was a villain like that showing up, that's the sound that it would go for, you know? Yeah. I, I think you really nailed it because a lot of times when I'm listening to it, I feel like you can almost have like some intimidating character kind of staring you down basically when you listen to this thing. Absolutely. That's what I was definitely going for. <laughs> well, they hit the nail right on the head then brother. <laughs> Thanks. The next one I really enjoyed was benefactor. nice and happy and it the best thing i think i can describe it is sort of like interstitial anime music that's more memorable than that because most of the time that's like nice background noise but you don't really have anything to latch onto with it this i feel like has a pretty good melody to it that you can actually kind of like hum and remember it once it's kind of come and gone well thanks i think that one was more of my attempt if there was like a pokemon center kind of area in the game that's what would be playing like it's just this happy relaxed if you were sitting in a room and had like your Pokemon healed or something or mm. something like that or something good was happening to the main character of this theoretical game uh, would be very relaxed and, and enjoyable, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I again, I think you nailed it pretty well because that's sort of the mood I got is like, OK, this is something very like kind of happy and peppy and. It like, like I mentioned before, it's like interstitial kind of like background noise stuff, and it just really fit perf- perfectly with that what you were going for and what I thought you were going for. 
Awesome. I'm, I'm glad. I, I feel like that's a big thing in art too. Um, if, if your intent is actually matched by the person listening and they can pick that out to me, that's, that's really good. Like I love that. The fact that you can pick that pick up on that mm. because it, when you show somebody your music and all they have to say is that sounds kind of cool, that's not useful. It's like, I don't know what that means, but rather than like, this is what I was thinking it was exploring. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> it's, and that's what I try to go for because like, um, I tend to lean pretty heavily on shooters, uh, you know, like side scrolling or vertical shooters or, I hate this word, but shmups. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's normally like a trajectory in those soundtracks of, you know, you do something where it's, you know, kind of fast paced and, you know, really helps you build your confidence. And then like midway through, it kind of slows down. And about two thirds, three quarters of the way through, it starts getting like almost intimidating sounding. And like that last stage is always like, okay, you've got the skills to do this. It's still sort of intimidating, but it's confident. It's confidence building music, and yeah. there's that trajectory in almost every shooter soundtrack that I've covered, except Metal Black, which is just this oddball thing that it, if you get a chance to, I'll, I'll I'll send you a link to the soundtrack. It is just weird as hell, and you, like as soon as you hear it, like this is a side-scrolling shooter, okay? <laughs> but it fits I'm so sure well when I'd you play it. it. Oh yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's it's one of the ones that the only reason I even know this game exists is I have the one of the Zuntata arcade or like sound team albums on vinyl and metal black was one of the ones that was on there. And I was like, Oh, Oh, this is, I really like this. And I really latched onto the tracks that they put on that um, vinyl from that game and ended up having to do an episode on it. Cause I was just like, I love this soundtrack. So for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> but I feel like that's sort of also where me writing about video games, like reviewing them and stuff too, is sort of come in handy is because I can sort of see like trajectory wise, like what people are going for when they're composing stuff because it's like, oh, okay, well, this would fit in like in an instance here. And I sort of feel like this is what the, what you're going for. So I'm glad, like I said, I, I've developed this skill without realizing it and that you were confirming that like, oh, okay, you're not totally just off your mark and just making yeah, stuff up in your head. It's very much like it's it's most of the time. And for, for as far as I've talked to with other uh, people that write, which is very few, I'm pretty introverted. So I don't really go out of my way to talk to a ton of people about writing music, but the few people I have talked to, they usually share the similar kind of ideas of like what the player should be thinking and feeling with the track. Mm. And even if they're not the ones actively doing that part of it or conceptualizing it, they're being directed probably by a game dev that is. So <laughs> that kind of comes in handy. Gotcha. Yeah. Giving it some sort of like, I don't want to say structure, but like direction in that sense of like, Hey, here's what I'm going for. Can you do something like this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, going back to GB tech, um, you know, I mm -hmm. gave her like, I kind of want something like this that does like this. And then at the end sort of scales out basically. And she was like, Oh, okay. And you know, she got, she, she got really busy at the time. And then like, she, I don't want to say spit it out to me, but spit it out to me. And I was like, oh, okay, this is perfect. Right on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't have done this better in my in my mind if I wanted to. Like, I was just See, like, anyone wow. who writes music and somebody gives them amazing feedback that's like they're accepting of what they've written the first time is like the best thing ever. Because revisiting stuff can be just a chore, at least in my experience. It's like you can send similar things like five drafts and get no useful feedback. But if you get, even if, I think just someone that's pretty accepting of the time it took to create versus like what you're going for and the actual direction of it is on track. Getting that approval right out the gate is like the best feeling ever. I'm normally pretty like, okay, this is perfect. Uh, like the, <laughs> I'd say three, yeah, the three total like ones we've gotten. I think I had like one thing for Josie when she wrote the, um, like, 
the now game club theme song. It was more like, hey, can you in this section here maybe pull back just a little bit, but the rest of it is perfect. And I think she did that, and it just worked out perfect. It was just more like a, hey, here it just there's something I it, it just wasn't clicking with whatever was going on in in my brain listening to it. So I was like, could you pull that back? And then from there, it was just like, okay, other than that, that this is perfect. I, I don't have any more feedback and I will take it as it is. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Okay. And the next track and kind of the last one I want to talk about in particular on this album is Starship Your Demise. for one that is really cool <laughs> it's well, thanks it is it's like this like fun like heavy sounding uh kind of track it 
feels like it would almost be like really at home on your Cyberpunk Genesis album. It's just like I said, this this whole album is really great stuff, and this this is like one of the ones in particular too that like caught me. I was like, okay, this is this is one we've got to talk about a little bit here. The conceptualization for that one is more like so. The idea for the entire game was that whole like Cyberpunk ish like vibes for it, but I mm. wanted to also include like there would be so futuristic that there would be like battleships and starships. The starship your demise would be more of like the actual like final boss area or the actual main villains like lair or battle that you would take place. Uh, I was tempted to reference because it technically is a reference to TNG, the the next generation because mm-hmm. it's like starship enterprise. Gotcha. Um, but I was thinking I was going to, at the very beginning, uh, I think it was the first four bars at some point, uh, before it transitions into like the heavier synth, I was gonna do like a modulated voice that said "Make it so," right before it transitions to that. But I couldn't mm-hmm. get it to sound exactly how I wanted it in my head, and I'm like, you know what? We're just gonna scrap all that idea and just leave it as it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one is a lot like it's darker and heavier, kind of on purpose, kind of hitting that into the uh, into the darker areas of like the the game in question in my brain like just the concept of it so i think again conveyed pretty well because it once you start getting into like the like the heavier like synth sound stuff it's like oh okay this uh i i see this is supposed to be sort of a more intimidating section of sorts yeah for sure there's some classical theory going on in that one Uh-oh. um there's a it's more like uh there's a, a concept called like the strong fifth which is you can put a major chord where it technically doesn't belong but in terms of actual chord theory, it does, and it gives it kind of that weird, darker sound where you're you're getting outside of the scale, but it's technically acceptable within the theory. So, <sighs> wow. Um, okay, because um, like I said, you 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 really got to dumb stuff down for me when you talk about music stuff. Like it's, it's, ba- <laughs> it's, it's basically just playing a note that normally, like if you look at a, a scale of eight notes, uh-huh. there's a a note that lives outside of that, and you can go to that, and it will sound perfect. It'll okay. sound actually more. It'll sound more in line with what is pleasant to the ear, even if it's a darker sound than it would if uh, you stayed with the scale, the notes that are explicitly slated, or listed in the, in the scale. Oh, okay. So like within that octave effectively. Yeah. It's, okay. it's within that, that range that you can play. It's like, there's one that's kind of outside there. You can play around with it. And as soon as you do, you get that kind of darker sound, especially when using like a minor scale. Gotcha. I gotcha. It makes kind of sense. Like I said, again, it, it, this is, you literally got to talk to me like I'm an idiot because, come on, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> so, but I understood that. So thank you for dumbing that down enough that yeah, I got no, it's, it. It's all right. I, I, everybody has like their strengths of like what, how they see music. And some people that understand the theory, I could probably explain it to them that way. And they'd say that's wrong. So it's, I just, <laughs> it's just the way I look at it. And it seems to work out pretty well. Okay. Well, it, like again, it worked out pretty well for this track. So. Whatever. As long as you got it to work in the sound, I think I, I don't think it really matters as far as the the theory stuff behind it goes. Because dear God, again, I've like tried to read into some of it. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna nope out of this explanation and just uh, like, yeah, I like it because I blooped here and bleeped there. And just, uh. It was really blooping. Yep, exactly. This thing is blooping like so hard right now. I can't even explain it. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about a couple of the ones that you brought up that you're particularly proud of as far as music goes. The first one you mentioned to me is exploring the ship in Galactic Communion.
that one uh, is very much uh, one of those tracks that I was very influenced by Deus Ex, the original one. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to go for a song that I think would fit that game. And it would also fit the story of that uh, album. So Galactic Communion itself is, if you look at the track titles, it starts off with, um, I think it's Floating VCR or something else. I can never remember the, v or it's like something Shining Diodes is the first one. So the story of that album starts out with like it's Shining Diodes. So you're seeing like a light in the sky almost. And then Floating VCR, it's like you're seeing weird things happening. And then eventually it gets to the point where you're abducted and there's a song called Abduction. And it just goes to the point where, and there's a song called Earth in the Rear View. So you're leaving Earth. Like all these things, it's, it's in order in terms of uh, things escalating. But that song in particular, I felt it fit within that same frame, but was definitely uh, a conscious effort on my part to kind of make something that sounded like Deus Ex. The thing I liked about it was it was kind of like laid back sounding, especially compared to a lot of the other stuff you've written. And it's got a cool sound to it that's like, I guess like a good classic sci-fi sound and it really pegs that feeling. Yeah. Well, that whole album too has some influence from the mass effect. The first game that yes. that's one of the games that is really heavily influenced by, uh, I got that game when it first came out for, I think it was, uh, Xbox 360. Yep. That would have been it. Yeah. That was, uh, still have it on PC now because it's just one of those games I revisit every few years just to listen to the music and enjoy the whole experience. So that, that really influenced the album as well as it's not just Deus Ex because that has less modern sounding synth. So that's part of it as well. Mm -hmm. I am right there with you with the original Mass Effect soundtrack being like one of my favorites. Like it, I, I like the other, well, I haven't listened to, um, oh geez, was Andromeda at all. But yeah, me neither. I, I like I, <laughs> I like two and three. Uh, yeah, I, I have it. That's about it. Um, anyway, um, I like two and three soundtracks enough, but one sound is just so distinct from the other two that it it's one of those ones that like I I that's I can actually listen to that one on its own. Where I feel like two and three, I'm like, oh, this is kind of like going for more of like a sci-fi movie thing that I don't want to say is a little bit more generic at times, but it doesn't hit the same way that the first Mass Effect game does. If I'm remembering correctly, I believe the first Mass Effect had two composers mm -hmm. and yeah. the second and third only had one. So I, I think they kind of, the person, I, I don't know if this is true, but I think the the more synth and synthetic heavy artist that was involved, I don't think was involved in the other two. I'm so that might explain it. <laughs> barely certain you're right. Um, boy, I'm trying to remember because I, I have all of those soundtracks and I'm trying to remember the composers. But yeah, there definitely was two composers for the first one because I remember like listening to it and seeing that on my, um, you know, on the iTunes thing when it popped up. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. OK. And but yeah, the like I really like a couple of tracks in particular on Mass Effect 2 and 3 that like like in my head. I'm like, oh, these are really good. Like um, the Normandy Reborn is one I really like from from Mass Effect 2. But beyond that, like everything else kind of just is, I don't want to say not particularly memorable, but it just feels like I can kind of listen to this wherever I want for the most part. Yeah. The original Mass Effect is just so distinct and it's, you know, like really going for like maybe like early kind of sci-fi sounds, but or like 80 sci-fi kind of sounds. And I, yeah. I, I love it for that. Yeah. the It was great. I love the first one for the just the, the difference 
in sections. So like you have the section where they first go to the Citadel and you see the Normandy fly in and they just got these flourishes of like flutes and stuff mm -hmm. that just are just blow you away. And then you get into using the actual like uh, you or when you're on the Normandy and using like the map selection and it just goes dead down to like a super soft synth like almost like a synth orchestra that's mm -hmm. like very minimalist i love that like the difference between the two the contrast is just so good you, you just couldn't really with, without having that contrast I, I just didn't enjoy the other ones as much as for the soundtrack anyway yeah yeah for sure now um actually i brought this up in my very first episode the thing i like because i did like introduction music basically i was like oh hey let's this i think i named it introductions are important and i thought like well hey i'll introduce myself and then introduce some of my favorite introduction music and like the original like introduction music for mass effect one there's this like cool thing it does that when it's showing more of the organic stuff you'll get more natural instrumentation and then when you get to like you know showing the normandy going through um the oh god what is it why am i the relay right yeah the relay yeah i don't know why i blanked on what that was um it it all switches over to more heavy synth sound or not heavy yeah. but like synth sound so it you know it shows the synthetic stuff with the uh, synthetic stuff and the natural instrumentation more with like people and i thought that was mm -hmm. like a really cool little thing that they did and it's something like that i was just like wow that's really impressive i didn't catch it the first couple of times i played the game but then i listened to it and i went back and watched the opening on um on youtube and i was like Oh holy shit! They really went for that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they did a lot with that game. Like a lot of the the soundtracks like that that just blow you away. And you 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 replay the game just so you could experience it in its context. Mm -hmm. So that's that's brilliantly done. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to I believe yeah we've got a couple of tracks from Deep Head Destruction here that we talked about earlier and you smashing up that the Retro Boy or whatever it is right yeah yeah <laughs> okay so the first it's one you brought boy, up was the uh, what was it called sorry I think it's a Bit Boy a I, Bit I think. Boy I I still have it somewhere around here. <laughs> All smashed up and everything. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, so the first one you brought up um, for me was the Deep Head Destruction, the title track for it. Thank you. 
that one I had so much fun with. It's just such a simple song, uh, especially just like the, the main parts of it. It's mo- like if you think about chords, like I'll try to you said dumb it down. So I'll say uh, I use a lot of triads <laughs> in my music, which is just a three note chord. Okay. And just I try to like in that song, it's literally just going up and down for the main like uh, chorus section. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. like, it's just going for those triads. And sometimes it's hitting like a n- lower note of the same, uh, no, just a lower octave, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's just so simple and it's just simple eighth notes. But the way I like got to the point where there's just these layers going in between it that just kind of change it just enough to, to change the sound. I always had so much fun with that track. And if, if I ever li- go back to listen to that album, that's the one I always revisit the most because <laughs> it's just one of those really fun ones. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's got a really good, like driving rhythm to it too. Yeah. Well, like a lot of, some of that stuff too, for the, the rhythm sections underneath, I try to do a lot more with the filtering of where the, like between transitions, like you're filtering out stuff and you're filtering things in as that section goes through, especially I think it was from the intro to the main like verse or chorus, depending on how you want to <laughs> categorize the sections. Okay. Yeah. Th- that's something else I've struggled with too, is like when people like talk about, Oh, your rhythm and melody edit. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like hey, again, blooped here really well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And the next one there was Infinite Ammo.
the piano finger sliding effect thing there is just mwah, perfect. I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Thanks. There's like ton like it's one of those uh, songs when I was writing. There's these sections in the background that are super fast, and it's one of those things that I think that I I've never been able to recreate that that sound the way that I've done it on that song. Mm-hmm. And the whole song right there, like I was telling you that that whole. Uh, album is more of a fighting game slash shoot 'em up kind of game like style. Okay. And the infinite ammo is like if you picked up an infinite ammo power up, it would just go crazy. Like the intro of that song is that's kind of the inspiration behind and the name of it. It's where that kind of comes from. I it's definitely like I think one of my favorite ones on that soundtrack. It is re- or uh, that album. It is really really just it's really great. And like I said, that, that piano thing is really cool. It's just a nice effect in there. And then like the, again, uh, maybe I'm saying this incorrectly here, but the, but like the rhythm to that whole thing is just really great. Not, not intense, but like there's an intensity to it that I just like, Oh yeah, I, I dig the hell out of this. And with you explaining it, what you were going for, I'm like, okay, yeah, I totally get what you were going for with that. Like, yeah, the first song on that album is learning to fight and it's more like laid back. Mm -hmm. So like, it would be like a tutorial. And the next one is flying uppercut. So it's like you've done the tutorial and now you're going to learn some special moves. And like if you look, look at the actual track names on that album, it's going through the actual like if you were playing the game and what areas you'd be in. I see you definitely have a, a theme of sorts with that with all or maybe not all, but most of your albums there. It's yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's it's most not all. I mean. I think there's probably three of them that are not really that way. Um, and I think the next track we're going to talk about is probably the one that most comes to mind. Are you uh, talking about alien hunting from you said number 11?
Yes. <laughs> okay, go for it then. Tell me a do little you, bit about you, this. Do you know what you said number 11 is a reference to? No. It's actually from SpongeBob. Ah, okay. So if, if you look really, really closely at the album art, it's the meme of Patrick saying you said number 11. So I don't know. Have you seen that episode or are you, are you familiar with SpongeBob at all? Barely. I think uh, it, there was that generational gap uh, between us there because SpongeBob oh, yeah. was on um, when I was probably like in my maybe late teens or, you know, some, somewhere in that ballpark. So it's just like it was not something I was watching. My my son really likes SpongeBob, but it's not something I need to sit down and watch with him. But a little bit I've caught of it. I'm like, this this is pretty funny. Like the first three seasons are really good. I mm. would definitely avoid the rest, but that's just my <laughs> personal preference. Like all the uh, the great like I don't know what you would say like it's not really adult humor, but it's more like humor that you wouldn't get unless you were a little bit older is in the first three seasons. Oh, okay. But, but that the song Alien Hunting was like a big synth thing. It's a reference to the episode where they think they're on the moon. <laughs> so the two main characters it's, it's main characters spongebob and patrick the starfish mm. dude and the sponge they go and they think that they've landed on the moon but they've actually just landed back exactly where they started in their hometown oh and they're they're talking about alien hunting so i thought it'd be a cool little like nod to that so every song track title on you said number 11 is a quote from patrick star oh okay every single one so <laughs> in even you said number 11, it's it's kind of a meme. So you said number 11 is Patrick basically calling SpongeBob out because there's an episode where they're like swearing and it's bleeped out by the sounds of like a dolphin squealing. Oh, OK. I like so, Yeah, I like that effect. <laughs> so so that's what the whole you said number 11 thing. And I thought it'd just be funny to name my 11th album something silly and just have fun with it and kind of play around. And there's no like overarching theme other than just messing around really. Okay. I, I do like the title stupid inflatable pants. So <laughs> <laughs> right. that almost sounds like a Homer, like a Homer Simpson line, like stupid inflatable pants. Right. And well, in the, the context of the show, Patrick star accidentally activates his inflatable and he turns upside down. <laughs> his pants are like floating him in the air. Oh, it's you really mean, silly and absurd, but that whole album is just uh, its just a meme, <laughs> really. And it's one I just got, so I haven't really listened to it outside of um, the Alien Hunting one. So this this is one, like, you know, I... You know, again, one one man. I don't have I don't have infinite time to listen to stuff, even though it seems like I do. Yep. With the amount of shit I put out, but um, <laughs> this this is one I'm definitely going to be listening to. This is the, now that you're talking to me about this, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna like not plow my way through this, but it's like this is one that now I want to check out just because of like how like silly the inspiration for it sounds. <laughs> I actually put like a uh, Twitter thing out, and I, I don't have a ton of followers on there. I just put it out. If uh, somebody retweets and likes this, I'm gonna name my eleventh album. You said number 11, and I think his name is Day Williams. He, he did it, and I was like, well, you've just you've done it now. <laughs> this is your fault. This, <laughs> Day Williams, if you're listening, this is your fault. Yeah, it's your fault, man. It was, it's all you. <laughs> all right, let me see. I guess we'll get to some of the stuff here that I brought up from the other two albums that I've listened to a little bit more in depth. And first one we'll talk about is Chiptune Racer. Let's ride. <laughs> Thank you. 
man, it's got a great driving beat to it, and it's just fun to listen to. I really appreciate that, and th- I can say that for about most of this album, but this one in particular is one that I'm like, okay, I I can. This, what's the what do the kids say? This is a, definitely a bopper, a banger, one of the, one of those. <laughs> banger, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one, that whole album, and just that song in general. A lot of that stuff, I tried to play to the limitations and just just consistently pushed like for let's ride in particular is more of like a basic racing track that does make you feel like you are actually racing in a racing game. It's like an eight big game that just, it consistently changes and you'd be right at home. If if that song would be right at home in a game like that. So it was, uh, that was a definitely a labor of love. That entire album is like an obsession of mine. And (laughs) that, uh, the, album art for that i believe was made by uh, gate kid i think his name is on twitter really great stuff he put it together really quickly i paid him for it It was awesome like he just i just basically conceptualized something i drew it out in ms paint mm. <laughs> i sent it to him he sent it back and the first thing he sent me was almost perfect so i said like a couple little tiny changes like just yeah. my name being on it but but let's ride that's that's probably one of my favorites off of that album for sure i'm very proud of that one um in the very first track, I believe, on that album is uh, is it Select Your Car? It or, is, yeah. Um, that one wasn't even really designed specifically for a racing game, okay. if I'm being honest. That's actually – I was part of this local game dev group that was in my state, and they kind of disbanded after a very short time. So I was kind of like making mock-ups for stuff okay. for them, and that was actually going to be – like the the first like few like, – like first – 10 seconds of that was designed for a game that was about mowing lawns, like an eight bit game retro game where you're mowing lawns. So you hear okay. that, like that's supposed to be, it was, it was supposed to be like the lawnmower starting up kind of sound almost. But then I'm like listening to, it, I'm like that could work too. is just engines revving. So that makes sense. And I started like, that was the first track. And that's actually the first song that I completed for the album. So I, I worked on that and just kept doing it. And when I finished that, I'm like, oh, I got to just make the entire thing because the concept alone would be really fun. And I think Let's Ride probably was like the second or third one on that album. That I just took a lot of time just to like try to get something that you could listen to. And if it was in the game, if you listen to it on repeat, it wouldn't get super boring and frustrating to listen to. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's super important, especially with um, <laughs> yeah some games I've played recently. That I'm like, oh my god, can you come up with something better than a 30 second <laughs> loop of this? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 seconds. That, that's that's a rough loop to sit through if you're playing something for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> This is something that I was playing for more than an hour, and it got a little, <laughs> got a little like, all right, I'm just gonna grab my headphones and uh, listen to a podcast. I'm playing this game now. Right, mute so, it, mute it all. Yeah, yeah. I like with RPGs, like I tend to like grind a lot while listening to podcasts. Podcasts have uh, mm-hmm. definitely been a huge benefit or benefit for me in that sense. But when I'm playing a game that's sort of like a, let's say like action adventure type game, I don't that there's no need to grind. Like, I don't want to have to mute your music. I don't like, don't make it where I'm like, I'm going to turn this off now, please. (laughs) Yeah. There's only been a few instances of games I've played where I'm just like, who wrote this? Why, why did this happen? But I'd never name it. And I'd never like want to berate somebody for somebody that they created, but it's just something that I just don't feel match well, like whether it be the direction that the game developer was taking with it, Mm -hmm. or if it's maybe the artists themselves, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's an interesting thing to get get yeah, into. But. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I made it a point in this podcast pretty early on to like I don't want to shit on people's music. Like 
you know, they have done more than I have ever done as far as creating music goes. If you, if your if your music is in a game, whether it's bad or not, guess what? You've done more than I have. So, hey, I can't really crap on you for that. Right. <laughs> so, I just like, you know, I'd rather just be positive and talk about the stuff I like. Like, if I'm doing a comparison thing, like, okay, like, here's the original version. It sounds a little flat. And then here's, like, the one that came out, um, you know, X amount of years later. And they redid it with, you know, real instrumentation and stuff. And it's like, okay, I see what they were going for with the original version. And now that... There's a, you know, a suite of actual instruments here. It's like, oh, okay, this sounds a lot better now. I get what they yeah. were going for. Yeah, sometimes those arrangements that you'll see just remixing anything, they'll take the exact premise and the exact chords, the exact melodies and everything, and they'll just like slightly rework the arrangement, and you'll be blown away just how much better it could sound. <laughs> If you, um, you don't have to listen to the whole thing, but just like kind of like, you know, uh, sift through the uh, Aerial Biz uh, Air Management 96 um, podcast I just did last week. It is very much that there is a lot of early Super Nintendo sounds that are a little flat, like they didn't really utilize the sampling, I think, to the best of its abilities. But again, early Super Nintendo, so I'll cut it some slack. Right. And then you go to the Air Management 96, which is a remake of the first game with a lot of or nearly all of the same music. But just done with, like, I don't know if it's real instrumentation or if just, um, you know, like, sampling of it. But it just sounds so much better. You're like, oh, okay. So it was a nice, like, progression of, like, okay, this is what this guy was going for. And then here's where he ended up and what he was really thinking this should sound like in his head when he composed <laughs> it for the Super Nintendo. It's like, I, I, I get it now. It's a nice little, like, lesson in history, effectively. Absolutely. And if I have a hard time explaining some of the, by the way, some of the music that you're bringing up, it's because it's like three years ago. Oh, <laughs> like, no, you're Especially fine. like Shifted Racer, especially. That's like a three-year-old album. And it's like when, I, when I'm thinking about a lot of my stuff now, it's, I have to like look at what names and have to remember what the tracks are. I'm just like, there's so many. It's can't remember don't, don't feel bad don't <laughs> feel bad man because i i will have like said something specifically about a track in an old podcast that i did and then i'll like revisit it for something to sort of like a um like compilation episode mm. and I'm like i gotta go back and listen to what i said because like i don't know if my opinion's the exact same now or if i'm gonna say something contradictory to what i said before and you know <laughs> if i do say something that contradicts what i said before somebody's gonna pick up on me like hey jason i thought you said this but then you said this it's like, yeah, okay, you're well, flip-flopping you know. dude how dare you yeah you know jesus God, i'm sorry my opinions can change because as i grow in a, as a human being i can like change a little bit christ i'm a crush <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> god forbid uh, yeah i know i know jeez <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, let's see. So we talked about Let's Ride, and um, I guess we'll talk about the title track here. That's Chiptune Racer.
great baseline. It's got a really catchy melody to it. It's got this serious-ish tone to it, but also like stays really light feeling. And it's just one of those ones, again, I feel like you could loop pretty incessantly and just be okay with listening to. Yeah, that one, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, when I was like conceptualizing it, I think that one was what I was thinking would work really good for like the main menu. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking like the first like, I don't know, four seconds would be like when the title cards for the game kind of pop up. And then as soon as you get to the main menu, it'd go to that, uh, like the main pieces start to come together where there's multiple layers instead of just those really basic, uh, like when the drums start to kick in, that's when you'd actually see the main menu. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's really good. And like I said, this album, it might just be because of my like affection for the Game Boy, but like, this is definitely like one of those ones that I'm like to kind of like maybe as a entrance way into your music like a foot in the door sort of thing like you think this is a good start especially like if you're into like chemic seal stuff and you know if you listen to me talk about how much i like her stuff this is a perfect like okay if you like chemi stuff you will like chiptune razor and then go check out the rest of your stuff you know what i mean yeah i think it's probably the first i'm thinking i'm just like looking back at my back catalogs i'm just looking at what was released when i think yeah chiptune racer is probably like because uh, if you look at Bandcamp, that's not every single album that I've released. Uh-huh. But uh, if I had to choose where my like production started, I would prefer to people to think that it's just Chip Tune Racer. Okay. Start from there because uh, some of the other stuff. There's I have an album on Spotify. It's called Seven Days of Sorcery. I don't know if you've seen that at all. Mm-mm, that mm-mm. that album I made exactly in seven days. Oh wow! Okay, it's not very good, but it is chip tune. <laughs> Way to sell it, it man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really not like I. I just challenged myself. I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna create an album in seven days and just see if I can do it and see how bad it is. And it, it turned out okay. I mean, there's some cool little bits and pieces every once in a while, but mm. it's it's just one of those things. I did it just to see if I could. I gotcha. Um, and that's more of like a uh, an RPG, like a generic 8-bit RPG soundtrack kind of thing. And I think there's just, uh, I think there's maybe 10 songs on it. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> I'll check it out. I tend to not avoid Spotify, but I just... The, I get it. The way they pay artists and stuff, I'm not a big fan of. I prefer to, like, if there's a way I can just go to Bandcamp and just give you my money nearly directly, I try to do that rather than, like, oh, here, here's a quarter of a cent um, for me listening to your album three times. Yeah. The only reason it's not on other, uh, I think it's on, like, iTunes and other platforms, too. I just didn't upload it to Bandcamp because I was pretty lazy. Gotcha. I, <laughs> it's the real reason. <laughs> no, no sweat. No, no sweat. I mean, you know, I... I have my podcast on Spotify too, and I just like prefer mm-hmm. like people don't do that. But you know, if you, if you I guess if you're gonna listen, you're gonna listen. It, it just, right. It, yeah. It's it's convenience thing too. Some people really like the platform, and if they want to stick to it, most people stick to the platform they enjoy using. So mm-hmm. more power to them. <laughs> yeah, and um, I this is this might turn into like you just be like, okay, I'm gonna nope out of this uh, podcast now here. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of how I got into Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> I um. I, I absolutely abhorred Call Me Maybe. Like, I was just like, I cannot listen to this song. Like, it is just obnoxious. And a friend of mine that um, used to do the podcast a little bit more frequently with us, uh, she was really into her, or still is really into her. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to give it a shot, like, randomly, like, a year ago or so. And I fell into this hole of, like, I really like her music. It, music except that one song and i think it's because it got so overplayed but like some of that stuff i'm like oh man i really like carly ray jepson god damn it i'm nearly a 40 year old man and i'm (laughs) that sentence just rolled out of my mouth see i don't listen to a ton of music so like 
I don't even know who that is. So <laughs> Oh, you've never heard Call Me Maybe? Uh, I think I've heard it maybe a couple times. Okay, but, like, okay. I, I don't, like, I'm a weirdo. I'm mm. a very introverted person that, like, I don't listen to the radio. I don't really, like, when I'm listening to music, it's like I have stuff that I've kind of curated. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. I look for, and I actually buy some CDs when I can. Okay. So I kind of just stick to those and turn them into digital and take them with me. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you're 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 a weirdo, not like me. I have a video game <laughs> music podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, to each their own weird, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I work at a grocery store, so I hear a lot of music over the intercom, and I... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, you know what it was? I, I heard this other song she did with somebody, and I didn't know it was her, and I just shazammed it, and I was like, Carly Agree, oh, God, because I was like, oh, this girl's got a cool voice. I like it. And I was right. like, that's the same girl? God damn it! <laughs> it's like, I'm the one now. Like, Everyone knows it. Yep, so I sat there and um, went, so I hit her up on Spotify. He's like, well, I'm not buying her stuff. Like, I'm going to see if I like it first. And I was like, I like it, damn it all. Why Why did I do this to myself? Uh, so yeah, my, my wife calls her my girlfriend now. She's like, oh, are you listening uh, to your girlfriend? No, I'm not. Shut up, nigga. Yeah, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so we'll talk about the last one here on Chiptune Racer. And that, is, that I, you know, not the last one, but the last one I thought we should bring up here is Rivals.
sounds like, I want to say so literally like every Game Boy soundtrack in my head, kind of. Um, a little scratchy, a little like almost rough, but then you kind of get it going and it comes through more cleanly and it absolutely just is like one of my favorites that you've done, period. It really sets an image in, a, in my mind of like what the title suggests of you staring down this rival as he's like trying to like pass you or comes up next to you and you like glare at him like, nah, this ain't happening today, dude. We're, we're not doing this, man. <laughs> That, that's probably another one of my favorites. I mean, I think uh, Rivals and, I don't know, the self-titled ones usually are some of my favorites. It's most of the time when I name something the, the name of the actual album, it's because I really like that one. Not mm-hmm. always, but most of the time. But Rivals, that one probably, t- I think that might have taken the longest to produce. I, I think it was probably like the fifth or sixth track that I made for the the album. That one, it definitely took me a long time because you said like the intro is kind of scratchy and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was having trouble mixing it too, just because some of the uh, VSTs that I use, the virtual instruments, because mm-hmm. um, I don't really have any like real hardware. All the purists will hate me for that because I, I don't use any like I don't use my real Game Boy to actually produce any of this oh, stuff. All right, off the podcast it, you go. I'm deleting yeah, this right I, now. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. But no, no uh, bad blood to them. I mean, they're doing some really cool stuff. It's just uh, a lot of this. I'm just using like virtual instruments for everything. So yeah. some of that stuff I was limited by the ones I was using. So especially the very beginning, I get that it's kind of it's kind of rough and scratchy, and then it kind of like I, I kind of abandoned that. Like I liked the sound of the instrument, but. Mm. I wanted to fill it out more to the point where it was a little bit more smooth and, and mixed better. Yeah. And I, I, for me, I think that worked really well because, like I said, it sounds like the Game Boy sound coming out of that shitty little speaker in the bottom right corner, you know? Yeah, yeah. it totally I, is. Like It's like a sampled VST, that's why. Okay. And I, I think it worked perfectly because, like, like I said, once you, I guess, like, you know, edited or whatever and got the rest of it sounding, like, more clean... I just thought it was such like such a cool contrast of like, okay, here's what the music actually sounded like, and then it transitioned to like, this is what I feel like it sounded like in my head, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is how I remember it, even though it's not yeah. technically how it sounded. <laughs> yeah, that's like a lot of the stuff I write in, in general that's like a hybrid chiptune style. It's like I'm always trying to like take that to the next step of this is what I kind of remember, and then this is what it should be, and that's like the even the, the title of what chiptune is evolving, it's like that's my whole thing it's like i'm trying to take the genre into a, a totally different direction and kind of build up on it instead of just sticking to the uh the very very strict adherence to using hardware or using only three instruments or however many voices mm-hmm. yeah the, like the variations of sound channels and stuff yeah yeah there's a couple like cool things like especially like the nes as it got older especially i think it's konami in particular really made use of like add-on chips for the famicom yeah (laughs) that we didn't get out here and i mean you know like castlevania 3 nes or the famicom version is fantastic but there was a game called um i'm probably gonna say it wrong so i'm gonna say it both ways that i think it is it's either lagrange or lagrange point it's a Mm -hmm. konami rpg for the nes that it has a chip in there that would have been so expensive to bring it over to the U.S. that it just was that they just didn't bother doing it. But it basically was like an FM chip in there, yeah. an FM synth chip in there. And the soundtrack for that is like you hear it, you're like, "Holy shit, this is an NES soundtrack!" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I would love to like 
get my hands on some more real hardware stuff and and play around with it. I just don't have the time. Yeah, like, oh, I've already no. I've already invested so much time just like learning the stuff I have now and to to switch down in the middle of the game. It's like uh, I I want to produce another whole album. I don't want to sit here for a year trying to master another way of doing it. Right. No, I I feel the exact way. That is why uh, I am running on the uh, version of Mac OS. I am is <laughs> because <laughs> the uh, plugin I have to record everything will not work with the uh, newer versions of Mac OS. And I am just like, I don't want to learn something else. I, I am comfortable with this. It has been, I would say like 98% reliable outside of, uh, you know, when I just needed to uh, restart the Mac when, uh, before we started recording, I was like, of course, <laughs> right? guess on the show. And my Mac decides like, nah, not going to work. You're gonna have to restart me. Ah, sucker. Yeah. That's <laughs> yes, the thanks, computers man. in general, man. Yeah, that's pretty much. how it goes. Yeah. Every other time I sit down by myself or with my uh, two co-hosts that I do, um, one of my other podcasts with regularly, like it's just like, all right, smooth sailing. And then somebody brand new, I'm like, God, thanks. Thanks, Mac. You're making me look bad. I appreciate it, man. You piece of yeah, shit. That's, that's, uh, that's why when I was doing job interviews uh last week mm -hmm. and they were using software that i never used before so i'm like okay i'm gonna test this out and actually call my brother and make sure everything is working so the interview doesn't start a half an hour late <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> have to try it out first yeah and like i this thing is normally so reliable i was just like are you kidding me the one damn time i don't pop on early to make sure everything sounds <laughs> fine and it's now like oh jason <laughs> you putts Ugh. so anyway Okay, enough about enough about the trials and tribulations of technology. <laughs> and I guess moving on to uh, sort of the last album we'll cover today of yours, and that is uh, Cyberpunk Genesis. Uh, one of the ones I really liked on here was Stim Junkie. <laughs>
I really like the percussion bass line going through this. It's just really good sounding. I kind of really like right on the cusp of what we were talking about earlier with that like farty sound of the Genesis without it crossing over into it and makes it really distinct and is like, oh yeah, this is Genesis sound for sure. Yeah, that one, uh, if you pay attention to the like the speed of the song, it mm. actually at the very beginning is like slowly speeding up like to emulate like if you were getting stimulated, like <laughs> like if you yeah. drink coffee or on nicotine, it's like you get that like you're going faster kind of thing quick little buzz and i think the bass track for that if i'm remembering like i was telling you about the presets that you can use with the uh the plugin that i use you can actually select games to uh what instruments certain games used and i think the bass from that is probably from sonic the hedgehog either one or two i think okay and just going through there, and I, when I heard that the FM bass like synth, I was like, okay, this is this is the one, <laughs> this is the one I'm gonna use definitely. I'm gonna keep it and kind of play around with it and tighten it up a little bit. But it's uh, that one was really fun to work on, and that whole album is kind of like a cyberpunk if it was on a Genesis. And if you look, look even look at the track titles, they're all like about like certain areas in the game that you would probably visit or situations. Yeah. Yeah, and I that was something like it really kind of caught my eye about that. Especially well, the next one we're going to talk about here is Buggy Scripts. sets a hell of a mood there and then like about halfway through you do this the music starts like glitching or bugging out kind of thing that is a <laughs> really cool touch i really dug the hell out of that thanks there's there's actually a plugin that i use for the weird glitchy sounds it's mm. actually called glitch oh okay and you can actually turn it on and off on your master track so you just put this little plug in there and it actually does randomization so it'll do certain things like it'll reverse the entire master track in a short clip 
while you're like as you render it and mm-hmm. then you can listen back to it it usually keeps the same like where you've turned it on or off it, after you've done it once it will keep that randomization so you can delete it out of the channel and then add it again just to keep it really random okay but uh that was what i was really going for with that the glitchy sound i left everything on random when i turned that on oh okay and then when when it glitches out it's all randomized and then when it turns off and then the glitch kind of disappears um and if you listen to that song uh i mean you've been in choir so are you familiar at least with basics of like time signatures like yeah, four, yeah. four and six eight it, that song familiar. is in seven eight okay so it's supposed to kind of be off-putting like something's not quite right right with the with the track and with like the situation itself Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been 20 years since I was in choir either or two, but, you know, so, like I said, a lot of this stuff is just gone from my head. My daughter doing the violin thing, she's like, well, Dad, you used to do I'm like, hey, I can't help you. I don't know, kid. You're on your own. You're already more talented musician than I am, and you are literally, like, six months into playing the violin, so congratulations. <laughs> well, for that, like, for seven, eight, like, when you listen to a six, eight song, you can just go one, two, three, four, five, six. With seven, eight, it depends on how you want to like sub- subdivide it but it's more like one two one two one two three one two one two one two three so it just does that consistently. oh okay i got you i got you so it's, it's just kind of off a little bit and that's that kind of like time signature usage it's kind of inspired by i don't know if you've are you into any jazz musicians at all um <clears throat> i actually am not really into jazz very much <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a uh, jazz musician that i'm a really big fan of it's uh-huh. uh Dave Brubeck. Okay. He's the Dave Brubeck Quartet, and he had a really famous song. It was a 9-8 time. It's called Blue Rondo a la Turk. And it, it, like the, the feeling of that song is more like a da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Like it's, it's using that weird the time signature that if you try to like go one, two, three, four, it's just not going to work, and you're not going to be able to figure out what the heck is being played. So I was kind of going for that, okay. that kind of upbeat uh, awkwardness to it. <laughs> I think it worked out really well in that sense. I have talked about this before. Like, it's just, I, I think I've just got a bad taste in my mouth from like, kind of like more freeform jazz. And it was like, it's just mm-hmm. so discordant. And it just sort of like, I guess like bled over to just normal jazz. that like, I start hearing that stuff and I'm like, yeah, well, I'm peacing out. Goodbye. So <laughs> you would probably like West coast jazz then like that, that kind of stuff is actually really melodic and like laid back. Okay. Yeah. Cause like even, um, my kids really watch, Oh God, what was the soul that just came out? Um, the Pixar, I think Pixar. Yeah. Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, like just some of that music in there. I was just like, Oh, like came okay, watching this movie. My kids just calm down. Jason, just calm down. Calm down. Like, it just did not <laughs> do it for me. Just, I, yeah. I very much like structured stuff, I guess. And oh, yeah. just sort of the, just sort of like, okay, I'm going to do this and you're going to do this. And I'm the, the whole like, Oh, I'm just feeling the music. I'm like, I God, yeah. will you just get it together. I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the multiple people improvising at the same time doesn't do it for me either. So I, I get it. Okay, good. I mean, it, was just, I, it was something like, and I know it's a more structured um, improvising in like persona, like the persona music, especially the more recent ones. But because it's very jazzy, I just it just every time I hear it, I'm like, nope, don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. Like, I'm, I'm uh, okay, talking about weirdo stuff here, but um, I'm a there's member a, of a. There's one uh, song that I have. It's a chiptune jazz song. It's okay. not on my Bandcamp though. It's called Robot Jazz with like four Z's. Okay. So if you look, I think it's only on Spotify, but. Or it might be on iTunes. I don't remember. I didn't actually publish it, so it was actually part of like a competition to write music in a few days. But that's actually like a swing, chiptune jazz kind of song. 
Well, well, hold on. I, I was getting to it and I accidentally yeah. started Spotify. See, this is how in, this is how frequently I use Spotify that I accidentally started something on Spotify. He <laughs> was like, Oop. and that one, that one, I actually made with a tracker. So sorry if it doesn't sound that great, but it's uh, just one of those weird things because I'm like, I've never heard really a chip tune jazz, or at least not very many chip tune jazz songs. Uh, you, you can hear some really bad versions of it in the uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit game. <laughs> Oofa doofa, that is some rough stuff here. So, all right, going on to another one of my ones that I really like, but I hate you for the title because my mush mouth is going to have a hard time saying it, and that is obsolescence. I had to practice that one quite a bit. I'm like, I'm so frack, I can't do this. But um, yeah, it, it's like this nice, like kind of like zone out music. It's uh, one of my favorites on the album. And it's one of you or one of the ones that I feel like you can like kind of just chill out and listen to, but also rewards you for paying attention to it as well. And it's one of my favorite things like people when they make music do is 
you don't have to pay a lot of attention to it and you can still enjoy the hell out of it. But if you start listening to it, there's, it rewards you for like, Oh, there's this going on in the background. And then there's that going on here too. And Oh, it changes from this to this at a certain point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one thing I did for that song, I think I was trying to do kind of just that. It's just try to like, like add the subtlety into those certain parts where it was slow, like subtly changing over time. Uh, just with that progression, because I was going to call it human obsolescence, but I just thought that was a little bit too on the nose. I just wanted to just call it obsolescence because it's not just about like humanity it might be technology, it might be music. It could mm-hmm. be anything. Yeah. So that's why I named it just obsolescence. But I'm glad you said that, though. It, there's a lot of little subtle like changes that happen where some sections I, I admit, like I'll copy and paste some stuff. But it's when I do that, I'm doing that with the intention of changing quite a bit of it. I just okay. want to know what my progression was before. Gotcha. Um, I don't really play on a keyboard when I write my music. So all the stuff you hear is me clicking out notes on a mouse. So <laughs> it's a lot of changes like manually being made. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It, there's, like you said, it, this is one of those ones that... I'm just regurgitating what I just said here, but like, it really is rewarding to like, listen to this a few times and like, Oh, okay. Like I didn't catch that the first time. Oh, I didn't catch that the second time. Even like, this is, <laughs> it's one of those ones that like really, really invites you to listen to it a few times and just really appreciate like what's going on there. Yeah. The, uh, the drums in that, I think I spent a little bit more time on if I'm remembering correctly. Cause I know I do a lot of little offbeat, uh, like, sounds for mm-hmm. one of the sections and I was trying to get to the point where it wasn't just the exact same thing that's that's one thing I when I listen to a lot of music I, I hear a lot of like the repeats happening of the same sounds yeah I notice that a lot too <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine so like I try to stay away from that it's like whenever I'm writing something it's like I want to enjoy it myself when I listen back onto it but a lot of the stuff like even when you name the song, it's like sometimes I have to like go back and listen to it. Cause I'm like, what the hell is that song? I, I, it's been so long ago. I think that album was released in 2018. So it's been a little while. So Yeah. And that's, that's why like I sent you the list beforehand. Cause I didn't just want to spring this yeah. on you and you'd be like, well, I've got nothing to say about it. Cause I don't remember off the top of my head. So <laughs> bugger off. Jason. I tried, I, yeah. I, I tried to like go through those and just at least give them a really quick listen, like over and I'm going, okay, I remember, I remember this section. I remember this section a little bit, mm. but it's but when they all come together, I'm just like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I completely understand. And like I said, and that's, that, that was again, going back to the podcast thing, like something I struggled with was, was like, Oh, you know, I can't really talk in depth about this stuff anymore. So I've got to figure out something different to do. And I hopefully landed on it. I mean, it, you know, it, it seems to be working pretty well. I mean, my like subscriber and download numbers keep it very slowly going up, but you know, it, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, well at least they're not, you know, I was, I, I was terrified that when I lost my co or my co-host, like I was like, just like, Oh, then my numbers are just going to plummet. Like, it's I'm gonna just going to be gone. Ship. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to nope out of this. I'm like, Oh, thank God. And most like pretty much everyone stuck around with me for the transition and then it's just gone up since then. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's like, I should just go with this as a radio show. And I don't know why I'm talking Heck about this damn yeah. podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right, man. Uh, it's, it's one of those things. I am I was thinking about starting one, but I didn't really understand exactly what I wanted to do with it. So like all the concepts that I had for one never, never culminated anything. And I couldn't find any, like, I know you're talking about you've uh, lost a host or whatever. And mm-hmm. I could never find somebody that I could reliably connect with and reliably get on a similar schedule as me. And that's a big thing too. It's just because everybody's got their own lives going on and just trying to match that stuff up just gets so insane. That's another reason I'm not in a band anymore. It's just, I don't have to worry about, uh, 
like going to a show or anything like that. It's just I can create music when it's convenient for me and yeah. when it makes sense to do it. Yeah, I've got two co-hosts um, that I've been fairly easy or fa- had a fairly like easily t- or easily time like connecting with as far as like schedules go. Also, yeah. because I'm really flexible, um, you know, me working graveyard and having two kids like I've been the one that takes care of them during the day when they were small. And even before that, I used to work two jobs. So I just got used to like sleeping for like an hour or two, waking up and going doing stuff. So I just like, OK, it's like, well, we'll do this. I'll function for a few hours and then I'll go to sleep for like an hour or two, and then go to work. So it's just sort of yeah. this thing of like, I'll make the sacrifice as far as lack of sleep goes. Cause otherwise this pot, like th- that podcast would never happen if I just didn't do right. it. And it's just one of those things of like, I'm used to it already. So screw it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, gotta pick your places, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, all right, Trevor. Well, I really, I don't have much else. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about specifically? Like, is there any like video game music, like that you're like a huge fan of that you want to bring up? Like any inspirations in particular? Um, I think I just want to talk a little bit just about, uh, the two projects I'm working on right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, uh, there's a visual novel coming out. I don't have an ETA on quite yet. Uh, it's called the wind at dawn. So if you want to look into that, if anybody's listening, uh, that's, uh, by studio Madeline Chai. Uh, that's something I'm actually working on with real like piano and oh. like string, uh, not real piano, just synthesize. It sounds pretty dang close. It's sampled. So gotcha. um, it's going to be orchestral pieces and piano solo pieces. Oh, cool. Uh, so that'll actually be a little bit of a, a voyage to the left for me, a left turn for me in terms of uh, getting back into orchestral stuff. Cause I used to do that a while ago and, I never got back into it just because the sampling for it was so darn expensive. Mm-hmm. But so I'm starting to get back into that. But I have some decent plugins. They're not the best, but they I think they at least pass for listenable, and they don't sound like uh, something off of like an old Yamaha keyboard that you found at a garage <laughs> sale. So it's kind of in between professional and that. So <laughs> hopefully that'll be good. Uh, I'm also working on a game, uh, the soundtrack for a game called Corpses and Souls, but that's still an alpha, and there's no. Uh, demo just yet i know that's going to hit kickstarter eventually but so if you look up corpses and it's apostrophe n souls uh, you can check out screenshots and stuff from the developer on IndieDB. it's got tons of stuff there's even some youtube footage i think on uh, the alpha and like the engine that he's actually building for the game hmm. you know actually i think i saw that when i was looking into you before i asked you on the podcast so <laughs> cool so I think I saw that. That's one I'll definitely keep in my eye or be keeping my eye on. Um, what platforms are these going to be coming out on? I believe Wind at Dawn is only going to be, I think it's PC and Mac, if I'm remembering. I, I only saw like some of the development documents. I haven't seen all of them and I can't really speak too much about it because I mean, I'm not really under NDA really, but I I don't really know. Okay. I know Corpses and Souls, I believe is hitting Xbox, PS4 and 5, um, I think he's putting it out on basically anything he can get his hands on. Gotcha. gotcha. So I think that'll be on pretty much. Everything. I think he's going to go for the switch as well. Um, considering I think he built the engine so it could be easily, easily ported to different, uh, different exports. So it'll actually function on those other devices. Well, that always helps because, um, there's been some games that, uh, we'll just call mighty number nine that, uh, didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't come to fruition very well on certain platforms because of, uh, <laughs> You know, not being uh, not being uh, capable of being ran on other systems. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, development hell is real. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can only imagine. I mean, you know, sometimes I get development hell on a podcast, and I'm like, oh Jesus, <laughs> I can't do this. Like mm-hmm. I'll sit there and struggle, like looking at a video game soundtrack. I'm like, 
and start second guessing myself. Like, do I want to do this one? Like, do I really want to do this one? Do is I there enough to talk about? Is there enough tracks that I enjoy? All, yeah, the, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I, I did that a few episodes ago with um, uh, Chase HQ and Special Criminal Investigations, where I felt like I had to combine these two because there's like 15 minutes worth of music at most on this thing on, on these games. <laughs> For I'm like, sure. I'll just mash them together because they're a, they're you know the series together. So I was like, yeah, this this will work. So. For sure. All right, Trevor. Well, if that wraps up everything for you. Yeah, it sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got my own plugs to do. Um, if you're listening to this, of course, you know you can go over to patreon.com slash games and junk and kick in some money over there. For a dollar, you will get a nice uh, hearty uh, thank you message from me on Patreon and nothing else, uh, unfortunately, because, you know, just like a, like a, hey, just want to support me without really getting any rewards. That's fine at the bare minimum. I'm perfectly okay with that. I will not turn away your dollar. If you do $3 a month, you can get bonus episodes of Rock Out With Your Card Out. Twice a month, I will do sort of like a history lesson for that half of the month. So, like, say, like, right now, now we're in the early half of September, I will go back and look at the games that came out in 1986, 1991, 1996, 2001, 2006, 2011, and 2016, and pick some of my favorite stuff out from that. So I do this, you know, twice a month. The last episode I did was accidentally like three hours long. <laughs> so if you're really looking for some more uh, video game music, that's a, that, that's a way to go. I don't talk too much about it. I just kind of tell you the developer, composer, when it came out, and the platform, and then play the stuff I like on there. I found out Trolls in Crazy Land has a halfway decent soundtrack that was just not enough that um, it was ever going to make it on the normal show. So yeah. You also get the all the podcasts I do on a handy catch-all feed, and you also get them at higher quality audio rate. And for $5 a month, you'll get everything I mentioned on the previous tier, and also shout-out on the show. So I got a shout-out to Vanessa Cahill, John Lucero, Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric, and Nathan Cooper for kicking in the lights and helping me justify this to my family on why I spend so much time doing podcasts. And I'll put all of, uh, like, any other, like, things you want to plug there, Trevor, I'll put in the show notes, too, so it's just an easy click click over, so put your Bandcamp up, uh, Spotify page, and uh, Twitter, right? That should be about it. Yeah, that's pretty much it, really. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll put all I'll put it all in the show notes so it's easy for you to just click over because I know like people have like spelled out names or Twitter handles before and I'm like, what was it? Why not just put it in the show notes so I can just click and just be done with it? But so I've I've started doing that for people and myself or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, all right, Trevor, it was great talking with you, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, I appreciate you having me. It's the first uh, podcast interview I've ever done, so it was really great. Um, I wish the most success with it, man. Thanks, I really appreciate that. Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.